1: In this podcast, I speak to artists about their past, present and future, and the music and memories that binds those experiences. This week, and for the last episode of this series, I'm speaking to pioneering broadcaster and DJ, Jaguar, who is absolutely smashing it at the moment. Not only has she been named Mixed Mag Broadcaster of 2021, but she's also been given the award for Best Radio Show by DJ Mag for her BBC Introducing Dance show. After grafting and introducing across the country for a few years, Jaguar was finally given the opportunity to present the first ever dance specific radio show on BBC introducing. She's also responsible for the launch of Future 1000 in collaboration with Future DJs, which is an amazing initiative designed to help more young women, non-binary and trans artists break into DJing. And aside from all of this, she runs her own night, Utopia, which she has just announced the UK tour of. We had such a lovely chat a few weeks back and Jaguar told me her story of breaking into such a competitive industry what it's like to have such a huge part to play in the start of artist's career and her newfound love for sober DJing. The last two years have been like
0: crazy. I mean, they've been crazy for everyone, right? But with with the pandemic, it was an opportunity for me to to work harder. I mean, I'm a grafter anyway, but it was a real opportunity to... Yeah, you can see that. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing my radio show on Radio 1 did launch in the beginning of lockdown April 2020 mm. which is nearly two years ago which is mental um but with that you know I yeah. did I did all my radio shows from home I only went into the studio for the first time this week to record this week's show
1: what no way but I've
0: even like when as things have been loosening up I've still been recording right here in my bedroom my radio show and now now I'm allowed that's to that's crazy in.
1: I think it's it's kind of even more impressive when you're able to bring that kind of energy from home because I think being in a physical environment mm. where you're supposed to be like that does help in some ways.
0: Yeah, 100%. It is, it is completely different. Um, But so yeah, I'm really excited to be able to go into the studio now and record. Long story short, I've been working really hard and I kind of just focused like, what do I actually want to say? Like, yes, I want to be DJing and doing radio, but like I need like a purpose. And it was kind of like a natural conclusion to kind of really focus on, like it, it wasn't like I just decided I wanted to focus on women and the queer community. And, you know, like, it it just mm. kind of, is it's who I am, you know? Like, it's literally grabbing aspects of my being and my personality and, like, how I identify. And, yeah, it kind of just became natural. And I think having a platform where I can support people in a big way, like, I just really want to be able to push, you know, voices and artists and types of people who might not be recognized or otherwise played um, on like such a big platform. And I really take that very seriously. I, I, you know, I'm always just wanting to champion people. I think that's like part of my personality. I'm just like a very supportive Mm. like person and like a fan, like I'm a fan of all my friends and like, you know, and I'm so lucky that I just get to like be a fan and help people and support people and give people opportunities for my job like it is the most rewarding thing and i love it and i want to do it for the rest of time
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love the idea that you're kind of fans of your friends like that's so true like you're the biggest fans of your friends aren't you you're like the biggest champion of them (laughs) i'm literally like my girlfriend had a gig last night because she's a musician i was literally like
0: at the front like come on like i'm just i'm that person
1: (laughs) but that's what it should be i don't think there should be any kind of shame in being someone's like yeah. biggest champion like- i think
0: it's great i mean as a teenager i was literally like classic like obs- obsessed with so many artists like i don't know if you mm. know there's a there a duo called the veronicas they're like an australian duo from like the noughties they sing that song untouched no, i should have maybe i should have picked it untouched like i feel so untouched anyway that tune 2009 vibes.
1: Thank you for your rendition.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) But like, I was such a rogue choice, but I was like obsessed with them. Like, I was literally like the number one fan and like Grimes and like so, Lady Like I was like, I was was an obsessive music fan and, actually makes so much sense that I'm a DJ and a radio <laughs> presenter for my job because it's like the same thing, just obsessing over music in a more professional way.
1: <laughs> okay, so coming from someone that now is kind of, would play a set, what would be the best thing you could hear at the end of your set for someone to say to you then?
0: Oh my God, I mean, I, I just like squirm a bit when people say, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really know how to take like a compliment and I don't know, it's weird because normally I'm the one being like,
1: you're sick. I can relate to that. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know I appreciate like it's nice to hear. I I mean I've, after a set I always get a bit like oh was that good? Cuz sometimes I just mm. you, you get in your head don't you when you've done something and like, you're like oh, yeah definitely it was that bit. But you know probably was fine. But just yeah just someone saying like they they enjoyed themselves that's what it's about for me it's about like the crowd having a good time. So if they've had a good time, I've had a good time, then I know my job has been done you know, cause I'm playing mm. to an audience. Like the whole point of a dance floor is for people to get together and have to lose themselves and have a great time in a shared experience. So if I've done that and they have all had the best time then I'm really happy. So
1: yeah. Yeah, I always just get so in my head, like after I see someone playing, they're so amazing. I'm like, I want to tell them, but what can you I say? I'll just be it. like, you were really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I think you should always
0: tell someone if you think someone's doing something that's great because you never know they might have had a really bad day and then you telling them that is like helps them
1: so what song did you choose for your past song and why did you choose it
0: okay so as a child not only was I a music obsessive of like pop music and whatever I also like was a big gamer like I loved playing like ah. adventure games. Like I play. I had PlayStation 2, I have an older brother, so it's kind of, I think it was his influence a bit, but I used to love video games. Um, and a particular game that I loved was a game called Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 10-2. It's basically just like a f- like fantasy game set in like a weird world. And it's basically part two of the 10 games. Part two is about Yuna, who was kind of like, a summoner in the first game and then Tidus disappears and then it's all about Yuna. And I loved the video game because I think I was probably like, what? Nine, 10 when it came out. And you know, the the main character was female and then she had like two friends. So there's like a trio of women and they're like fighting and like shooting things and I've got swords, it's pretty badass. And I loved that because a lot of video games apart from like Lara Croft were literally just that all the main characters are boys pretty much, especially like in Mm. the noughties when we were kids. Um, and 90s, so it really resonated me and like th- there's lo- the soundtrack for these games. Like, I don't know if you like are into your video games at all, but like some of these film like scores and soundtracks are, are beautiful. Final is like renowned for having just incredible classical music um, as the soundtrack. Like, I recommend you listen to the whole soundtrack. You can probably get it on YouTube on like a, a long video if you want to like. It's nice to relax to nice to focus to, whatever. Mm. Um, I could have picked like any tune from the soundtrack, but it's called the Far Plane Abyss or Abyss of the Far Plane, and it's just a, it's like a really beautiful scene. Like, it's, I think it's meant to be the Far Plane is kind of like this like purgatory like heaven place where like okay. souls go, and so it's just a really beautiful scene. And there's all these like orbs like shooting off, like in the distance, and she's like in this weird world. And th- this music came. On, I remember the first time I heard it, and it just it like nearly reduced me to tears. It's such like wow. an interesting, I, I don't even know how to describe it. You have to just hear it. I don't have the words to describe how it sounds. But I, I, I just remember early on that like being really affected by the soundtrack of these games.
1: Interesting that you were so attentive to what you were hearing as yeah. well considering that you were concentrating on something else like it must have been attention grabbing mm, I, if, if you were noticing it so much yeah and I
0: think also like video games well, I think video games are great like the ones that actually have proper storylines because there's so much that goes into it. all the voice acting the storyboards the art you know the characters it's like when you mm. play a game you're like inside a world I think as a child like you know I loved reading as I still do love reading and like films mm. as a kid, but like, I feel like being in a game, it's actually quite a unique experience because you're like, you get to know these characters, you become these characters and you're in their world. And this, I love fantasy and RPG games because you've got a whole story unfolding and you're like in the story. And I just find that like really cool. I'm sorry, that's really late. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, it's not.
0: Video games. It's
1: interesting. Cause <laughs> no, I love it. I'm learning so much. But also, I think it's interesting because people often talk about listening to music as a way to kind of take mm. them and transport them into another world. And you were almost already in that and then it just kind of enhanced mm. it. So it's quite interesting that that's one of your first memories with music because it, it really was almost more literally transporting you.
0: Yeah, it was. So it was, it was either that, or I was like, I remember I was also obsessed with Evanescence, you know, like that rock band who like bring, you know that song, <laughs> bring me to life, wake me up inside. I was either like playing that <laughs> out of my stereo, I had this like bright blue stereo, like I'd play the CD, like play that song over and over again, like so loud. I'd be doing that. And my mom's at the other end of the house, like turn it down. <laughs> or I'd be like gaming and like deep into these worlds of these like Japanese um, video games.
1: You grew up in the Channel Islands, am I correct? Yes. So, what was kind of your experience of music there? Was there was there a scene there, or
0: scene is a weird term? So, <laughs> I'm from um, so I've, my parents are from like Kent. My mum's my mum's right. but grew up in Kent. My dad's from Folkestone and Kent. Um, They moved to the Channel Islands when I was like six months old, I think. So, um, and I'm from an island called Alderney, where there's about 2,000 people, less less than 2,000 these days. It's three and a half miles long. (laughs) It's pretty small. (laughs) No way. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's very safe. You can just walk around, like you don't need to lock your doors or your cars. I describe it to people as kind of like a weird pirate village because it's kind <laughs> of just a bit strange. Everyone knows everyone, like, and it's, it's just it, I love going back because, yeah, that nostalgia. I think I'm just a sucker for nostalgia. Like, it just, yeah, you know, when you like go somewhere and you're like, wow, this is my home, like, and it's all exactly the same every time you go yeah. back. It, really, it's a feeling. It isn't is, it? and I I love that feeling. And it's a strange place. And in terms of, of music, I remember like I used to go to youth club when I was really small, and they'd always play like Ibiza classics and like tr- trance like anthems. I remember hearing a lot of that, <laughs> and like a lot of Fatboy Slim and like Chemical Brothers and Daft Punk, like that mm. sort of thing, so I think I was like listening to electronic music early and. What we have in the summers, we have we have these German bunkers like around the Channel Islands from World War Two, um, from when the Germans occupied the Channel Islands, and and like uh, the people had to leave, it was crazy. Um, and we now have raves in them. They're called bunker parties. So they're like legendary, wow. and they've been going for like decades. And I remember when I was fourteen. I snuck out with my friends. Sounds so cool. Yeah, it was great. And I went to my first bunker party and there's like a big fire at the top. And like then you go down, it's just really dark. And then I think it, I think it was like happy hardcore. And like, it was just like a ridiculous, I don't even <laughs> know what music it was at the time. But I just loved going out. I think that, and I went out a lot in like, like you know, long summers at home. It was so safe. Like I'd be mm-hmm. out every night with my friends just, because cause I could like, it was, What's gonna happen to me? It's like, it's such a safe place. And Mm. I was really lucky. And I think that really like made me just love going out and just dancing and hearing loud music. And I'd normally like steal my dad's like whiskey in a water bottle, like (laughs) (laughs) steal my dad's beers. Anything you can find. Oh, I was bad. But so I, I was like a bit of a party animal from like, yeah, 14 onwards. I just loved it. I just, so I think, that i guess that is a kind of a music scene in a way it that really got me into like mm. going out and you know then when i learned to dj like when i was like 18 19 and then i play i've played at a few bunker parties in the last few years and that's just been really fun cuz i'm like this is oh that's amazing like the biggest gig ever because it's like it means so much and like all my friends are there and yeah it's a fun it's a fun place
1: <laughs> so i guess there maybe the Sort of loving of the electronic and dance scene was kind of intertwined in the the fun of going yeah, out. as Yeah, it's well. the like, fun it's factor. The, the two were kind of together. Yeah, initially it was mm. just
0: about the fun. Like, I don't think I knew what you know. I, d- I didn't start like appreciating mm. the music that I was hearing out. I mean, I was probably quite <laughs> out of it, but I think I didn't start appreciating <laughs> it really till I was like seventeen, eight, probably eighteen when I actually could go to like actual clubs at uni. Because when I went to uni and that was in Leeds, that's where. I started student radio, I did my, I did mm. a Friday night radio show, and then I was like, oh, I need to actually like, you know, collect the music and like know what stuff is called. And that's when I think I, I started to like, you know, realize what I was doing instead of just like going out and getting wrecked and not remembering it. <laughs>
1: God. So when you started doing the radio mm. in Leeds, is that when you learned how to DJ as well? Yeah,
0: so I just remember going to uni and, I was so excited, and I remember the first thing I wanted to do was check out the radio station. I had this feeling, I was like, I've got to check out, and I went and applied for a show. I I did a show called Dangerous Jag on Friday nights. (laughs) And I was just playing the music I liked, and it was like, yeah, a lot of electronic stuff and like other stuff, just things I liked, really, and so that radio show came first, and then they had decks there, and they were like, oh, you should learn to DJ. And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. And um, I was really lucky that they, you know, they had the facilities to, to help me learn. My friend Mo was really helpful and he works in radio as well. now, he he was really helpful in me learning. Um, but I actually did an internship with Radio 1 and one extra in the summer of my first yeah. year at uni. I saw so, that with
1: Annie Mack, right?
0: Yeah, I got to shadow her show. I got to Amazing. shadow... The early breakfast show, I think that was like Gemma Canny Gemma at the time, and when I, all the one extra shows, I just, I just like it was really fun, like it was like my dream. And I remember being in the live lounge, and I saw this was when Fern Cotton was still on mm. um, Radio One, and obviously, we've all grown up with Fern. I remember seeing Fern Cotton like walk past me in the live lounge, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was pretty like overwhelmed for that whole two months, but it was amazing, it was like a crash course on radio production, like how it all works, the industry. I I was obsessed, like, I think I'm an obsessive person maybe because I, I just completely <laughs> fell in love with radio and um, I was really lucky to get that internship because I did not expect to get it. So my point is apply for things because you never know, like I didn't have, I had like six months radio experience. I think they just were looking for passionate people, and mm. you know, you never know what can happen if you put yourself forward for something. And that's something I always tell people because if I hadn't gone for that internship, you know, I wouldn't have had this. I, w- I wouldn't have had this experience like early on. I think I've really that was eight years ago now. I think, and now you know, I'm a presenter on Radio One. Like I was, I was yeah. once an intern, and now I have a weekly radio show. And actually that still blows my mind, like going in this week, I was just like, I've been in this building so many times, like I grew up in this building in a way, and now I I present my show here after like years of grafting and like having to prove myself, and I don't take anything for granted, that's for sure.
1: Oh, congrats on your introducing show. That must have been... When you got the news Mm. that you were going to do that, how how did you feel?
0: Um, Well, I I guess, like, context around the show. So I've worked with introducing for about six years. So after I did the internship at Radio 1 and one extra, I I went back to uni, had two more years of uni. Mm. Um, But I think it was the following year, so we're talking, like, 2015, I think, BBC introducing were... Employing team assistants, so I went for an interview. They offered me a job at she- at Sheffield, BBC Sheffield. So I used to get the train on Saturdays when I was at uni to Sheffield. Um, I worked with Christian, who's the presenter there, and and then um, introducing a year later, I-, I finished uni and they were like, "Do you want to come work with us in London with like the the central team?" So then I I, I decided to leave Leeds and then I let- moved to London in 2017. Um, and they offered me like a four day a week job, which was really cool. And then I also worked at Mixmag, like, as their weekend editor. This is also something I acquired when I was at uni, because I did an internship with them. I think I was just internship <laughs> mad when I was younger, because I just loved it, I was I was curious. So then I moved to London to work of introducing, and that was that job was meant to last for three months with the central team. And then they just kept renewing my job. And like <laughs> I, I I basically ended up doing that job for about five years. <laughs> Um, it evolved over time, but I start Yeah, I got to go to you know Glastonbury for the first time in 2017 and Radio One Big Weekend and Reading wow. and Leeds and all these festivals. And they were like, you can just interview the artists. Like, you want to be a presenter, you interview the artists. So I do all these interviews. They get me hosting on the stage. I did all the social, all their socials, and like I've been part of introducing for a long time, and and it's really like developed in a lot of ways and. Um, Kelly, who's now the editor, she she was like, I've kind of grown alongside her, her as well as like, she's risen the ranks. Like, I've kind of grown as a presenter on Radio One and um, I'm really close with the introducing mm. team. And introducing's amazing because it, it I think it's the best thing about the BBC because it's a platform.
1: Yeah, I agree. Kind of,
0: this is probably why I'm the way I am because it, it's that ethos of wanting to help the artists. Like, you know, we're not a label. We're not trying to make mm. money off you. Like we're not gonna, if we just, we just want to help artists grow and give opportunities to people. And I think that that probably has really influenced me and in my work now because that's how I just think mm. everything should be. And so the radio show kind of grew from the background of like me being an introducing for a long time. And I recognized that dance music wasn't really, we weren't really doing much with DJs and producers of we introducing. We were doing a lot of, you know, like indie bands. And yeah. it was, it, we've we've kind of really been working hard to rebrand and like make people aware that we are doing lots of different things. Like we do a lot of one extra and we've collaborated with like the rap game and we're trying to push, um, you know, to work with other artists. And I think people do see that. And, and with dance music, like, it's really flown since we launched the show. So when I found out that was beginning of 2020, I got this call from the head of Radio One. Uh, it was a missed call and I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm just gonna <laughs> take this. So I called him back. Like, and, who the hell this random number? Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> and um, I was like, just, just excuse myself and um, called him back. And yeah, he was like, so I've got some news. Um, we'd like you to do uh, a little bit on Radio One every week. It's only gonna be half an hour, but it's gonna be the introducing dance show. How would you feel about my that? And I was like, <laughs> my jaw just dropped to the floor. <laughs>
1: oh, it was
0: everything God. I wanted to hear. And I actually wasn't expecting to get, been given that opportunity that soon. Cause I had done a few bits. I I did, I think I covered for Hugh Stevens in like the autumn of the year before. And I got to like play a lot of dance music, which was cool. And so I think they kind of could hear how it might sound, an introducing dance show. They knew that I was trying to get on there as a presenter and you know, I was just trying to, I was just being patient and introducing actually the old editor, Tom, like he was a big part of me getting this show because he really, he was like, we need a dance show. we introducing needs a dance show. And he was a really big champion of me. Like everyone at introducing has been such a big champion of me. I think cause they've known me for years. I was like this like mm. wide eyed ambitious kid and you know, so when I first moved to London, I'd tell everyone I was like, I'm gonna be on Radio One, I'm gonna do a dance show. They're probably like, I didn't ask, but okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna tell you anyway. But I, I was, and you know, they were you really supportive. I sounds of it. I did, I did, and so yeah, when it came about, I was just super pumped, really
1: happy, and and to do the first ever one as well, the first ever yeah, dance. Yeah, so it's show. like it's like
0: a bit of introducing history, like this has never happened. Mm. Ever. Like there's an introducing show that Gemma Bradley hosts and it's amazing, it's like multi-genre. They might play like the odd dance tune, but like this is yeah. a culture that we have built and it's a community and all of the artists, like even in two years, like I've become really good friends and have these relationships with these artists. Some of them I haven't even met still because I met them online through the pandemic, you know? It's like, mm. and, and they, often collaborate with each other and remix each other and write songs of each other. And it's like a whole movement. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's the best thing ever. It really is.
1: Obviously, as you will know firsthand, the industry that you're in and have succeeded in is so, so competitive. Mm. I'm assuming there was quite a few setbacks along the way. I'm just wondering how you push through things like that and just keep going.
0: Yeah, it is competitive. Like I don't want anyone listening to this to be like, "Oh, she had it so easy; it was a breeze." Cause, like, it's I don't hot. think
1: anyone thinks you're not working. No, I know,
0: but you know, and, and you know, some it's it's hard, isn't it? Because everyone's experience is different. But I, I would say like it is a very competitive industry, like the creative industries in general, as as you know, like mm-hmm. is it is hard, and it's hard to stand out and it's hard to be heard and people of course will they will tell you no unfortunately especially at the beginning because you know you might not have the most experience you might just have a dream mm. and but that is the most important thing you can never underestimate the power of like believing in yourself because you have to when other people don't you have to like basically keep like keep doing it and like get yourself out there and people will see, there were times when people said no, you know, people at at the BBC who because they 'cause they're probably like, You you're an intern, like why are we gonna you know, people said like you're you know, I don't I don't see it happening. I don't think wow. you're gonna be a specialist presenter, I don't think you have enough knowledge or you know, from from across the board, like in my career people have said stuff like that when I was twenty one, so I just moved to London I won a student radio award, which was like winning an Oscar at the time. It was,
1: it was so <laughs> amazing. I, was
0: so, I won that and then Radio One got in touch being like, Oh, do you wanna come and do like a demo in the studio? Um, and I was like Oh my god And in my head I was like, this is it, this is it, they're gonna give me a radio show. Mm-hmm. But no, nothing came of that and I think it was like a year later I was just a bit like I felt a bit stuck and a bit frustrated because our problem of being ambitious as well is because you want everything now don't you? you're you like yeah but what I've learned yeah. is you have to really be patient you can't have everything at once you've also got to enjoy the journey and the things you know the things you're going to do to get to your to your goal there's going to be some really fun weird and wonderful things that happen along the way and like enjoy those just as much um so I was a bit like I was pretty pretty low that the piloting hadn't read, led to anything I thought like I'd thought they I wasn't gonna happen because no one really mm. got in touch and I was just a bit like and I was still what I was still working at introducing which was amazing but I was like am I just becoming like more of a do they just see me as someone from the office like in the production team yeah. you know behind the scenes kind of like uh, yeah um but then I actually I went for Smirnoff in 2018 did a campaign called Equalizing Music, which was yeah, I remember that um, to help mm. like the gender imbalance. And it was a mentor scheme, mentorship scheme, and you could apply and have a mentor and blah, blah, blah. And I applied because I love and loved the Blessed Madonna. Like she was my favorite. She still is like one of my favorite DJs and I just loved everything about her. And I put together a mix for an application and I got accepted onto that as the blessed Madonna was my mentor. And I had like, I had like a real like breakdown this day just cause I felt really like sad and mm. don't know. I think you just get them sometimes when you're like, what am I doing? Like, why isn't that happening? I was just really upset. But this the Definitely. day the day after was like the first day of the mentorship with um, Maria. And so the next day, like, you know, when you wake up your eyes are all puffy. I was like, oh God, here we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got there and it was, the most wonderful day, like Maria's, like such a nurturing soul, mm. and I, could, I think I couldn't have picked a better, me- better mentor actually. And she basically like showed me some stuff around the DJ dicks, like some tricks and what she likes to do. And it was just so cool just to see her like one of my favorite DJs like there, like teaching me. And then she gave me like some production lessons, and we just had this like amazing chat, and it just spending a day with her with one of my heroes and her being like oh i believe in you like asking about what i'm doing yeah. and you know she was like oh you can definitely get on radio one like you, you're 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 going to make it as a dj like just having someone you admire um saying well done or being interested or you know mm. ha- like believing in you that gave me so much confidence and I think that was a real turning point because I wasn't sure anything Sounds was Sounds like connected. it was just what you needed. It was just what moment. I needed, yeah. And, th- and this is why you should tell people, you know, they're doing well because yeah. it might be just what they need to keep going and, yeah. and that was a real turning point for me.
1: So if you want to tell me your song choice for The Present and why you chose this one, please.
0: Yes, my song choice for the present is yeah, just something I'm loving at the moment. Um obviously I listen to a lot of electronic music. I listen to a lot of up and coming electronic music because that's I've just always like working on the next radio show because there's so much music to get through. I think I get through about mm. what uploaded to introducing just dance tracks. It's probably about 500, 600 tracks every week. So, wow. you know, and I've got an hour every week, so it's it's a lot of music to keep on top of. And so Jasper Tegner is someone I've been playing a lot on my show for the last couple of years. Just makes really like kind of nostalgic sounding, like ravey, melodic stuff. Um, And he's teamed up with Joe Hurts. And um, I don't know what it is about this tune. It just, I think it's that like synth melody and it's quite soft and it kind of makes me wanna cry, but kind of makes me wanna dance and it's oh, a the teen. happy sad yeah the happy sad is the best and you could mm. just I could have this I mean I have done this just had it on loop for like <laughs> probably hours just in the background I just love it it's called equals
1: I think happy sad in the electronic music scene there's something really powerful mm. about that like if you're at a night or at a festival and a song like that comes on mm. you get all, you get <laughs> all the feels yeah <laughs> it's
0: like a sweet spot isn't it it's oh
1: yeah it's the best So I really want to talk to you about Future 1000. Yeah. So please can you tell me a little bit about what the project is and kind of what inspired you to start start it? Obviously, we've touched on your kind of passion for championing marginalized genders. Yeah. I mean, this
0: is another classic crazy pandemic idea. (laughs) I did a virtual conference end of 2020 called Utopia Talks and Utopia is my club brand. I also have a podcast called Utopia Talks. Um, but the utopia, the original Utopia Talks was like this online conference that we did for new mm. artists. We had like the CEO of Ministry of Sound there. We had someone from Beatport. We had managers, agents, just giving like their knowledge to an audience and talking to me. And it was too, over two days. And um, Future DJs, that Future DJs are now called Virtuoso, but Future DJs basically is this organisation. Oh yeah, and they teach DJing in schools. You can now get a GCSE and DJing because of them
1: they've
0: written a book called How to DJ which is really cool and they they teach it all over the UK and have done yeah they kind of got in touch and we had like you know like a synergy of ideas and so I did that conference with them and off the back of that we were like that was really fun like what else can we do and I think it was the drive back me and my manager were like what can we do and I was like there were so many girls in the audience I think it could have been like you know easily 50 50 or even like slightly more women who came to it Mm. which was really cool and then we were like what can we do to like you know actually help get the world to a world to a place where it is like equal in terms of gender splits more or less you know obviously dance music is very male dominated Mm. um and i've over the years like i've been to a lot of Conferences and I've spoken on panels, I've seen panels, I've you know, it's been it's been a topic like gender and music, gender and dance music. Like yeah. it has been a hot topic over the last like five, six, seven years. But it's like how many more panels do we you know, like, why are we just talking about mm. it? Like what can we actually do? Because a panel is all well and yeah. good, but there's been like millions of panels and there's still the same result Need you know what Action, I mean? yeah. So action. And then we decided to do a DJing course. Um online because it was COVID times, uh, make it free and make it for girls, trans and non binary people, like marginalized genders who mm-hmm. might not feel comfortable in like in in entering into dance music because it is like quite can be quite lads, lads, lads at times. Mm-hmm. Um and it was for twelve to eighteen or oh, is for twelve to eighteen year olds. So it was to target, you know, young people at school who might be, you know, they might love music, but don't know what they want to do because at school they don't tell you that you can work in music, that you could become a radio producer or work in as an A&R or, you know, like run a podcast yeah. or, they you know, because I had, I had no idea that I could do any of these jobs until I went to uni. And no, kind me of neither. <laughs> found it. Yeah, right? But they are out mm-hmm. there. So that was the point And that Future 1000 um, were actually opening up to all ages this year we're gonna be announcing it soon um but
1: amazing so it's
0: it's basically like loads of videos you can learn how to dj you can learn how to present on the radio you can learn how to produce music and you just learn how the industry works and um it was really i basically recorded a bunch of videos with them it was really fun to re- to record all these and there's just so much information there and it's been really rewarding to like I was so excited to announce it. We announced it in Mar- in May last year, and the support was so good. Like we had, like you know, publications like RA and Mixmag. So much press on it. Yeah. Um, I went on Sky News to talk about it, Whoa. which was crazy. <laughs> like live, I was sat here actually, because again, COVID, but sat yeah. here live on Sky News talking about Future One Thousand. I went on Women's Hour. Really, really cool. And like the industry support was great. Like Annie Mac and Bless Madonna both posted about it. Like loads of peers and amazing women. Um, people like Jax Jones getting in touch, being like, can we like release some of the music from on my label? And you know, like people really like getting, getting involved and it. getting behind it, which mm. was which was amazing. And um, as for the, you know, the, the, the students, if you will, of the course, like it's been great to get to know them over the past year and we we do like live sessions. Um, so we've had me and uh, Jada G in conversation for a live session. Amazing. We had Beclava come down, Talia, uh-huh. Jotti, um, Timanti, and just them talking about their experiences. And and what I've loved, we we the students like made a Discord chat like in one of the lives. They were like, oh, we've made mm. a Discord. So now we've got this Discord chat. And um and I love that it's really like because I wanted to make sure it was as inclusive as possible. And like, yeah. there's a lot of like, there's non-binary students, there's, you know, like queer, like queer and gay students and trans, like it's it's just exactly how I wanted it to be. Like I'm really glad yeah. it resonated with these young people. And um, we've actually been able to give a few of them actual DJ opportunities because as things started to unlock at the end of last year, um, yeah, two of them come down and DJ. At Somerset House where they have the ice rink sometimes um and there's DJs and just
1: it's, it's just really wow. really like, amazing
0: to be yeah. able to see it through yeah as well. and we're gonna push it we're gonna push it even more and yeah open up to more ages so that people over 18 can get involved and and hopefully have more live opportunities for people to DJ what
1: have the students on the courses said that they found difficult in the past or that's potentially made them nervous about entering into industry and that they shared any stories about the main things that were intimidating.
0: in the live stream that was really interesting because there's a chat box and they could type stuff and type questions to like mm. Jada and everything and some of them would say I I do music but I'm I'm the only girl in my music production class and I f- I just feel like you know a bit like alone basically yeah. or some of them were like yeah. oh, I'm too I was too scared to like do music cuz I didn't think any girls would be doing it or i've never seen girl djs doing it so i wouldn't have considered it for myself Mm. stuff like that and it's just yeah it's just nice because they've got this community and they've got each other and they've got me and i don't know i feel like it's really even if we just helped like one person and they you Mm. know follow it through and actually like keep to the djing and they actually you know we want to do this and there's one girl in particular who i'm really excited about and you know even if that she goes on to like pursue this and like breaks through all those no's and like, yeah, you know, believes in herself. And I really, that is the most wonderful, beautiful thing. And, you know, being a young girl or, you know, a young person, I remember being super self-conscious and it's so easy to just talk yourself out of something.
1: Definitely, and also I think from what you were saying that they've kind of shared, sometimes the things that are more subtle like the exclusion that you feel that's quite subtle is almost worse Mm. because you can't quite put your finger on what it is that makes you feel like you're you're not supposed to be there or you're not part of it but it's a feeling Mm. and even if you were to tell someone else like you tried to explain it you can't quite explain it or someone could easily make excuses for it but it's very much there and um yeah that's something that that I found and I mean obviously all of that kind of feeling becomes worsened when paired with other forms of discrimination based on you know disability mm. or sexuality or race. So, I mean, it's just so amazing that I think you're providing this this safe space for people to feel like there is a community around them. Like I quit I quit an instrument when I was younger because I was the only girl really? in the band, and I'm so mad at myself what for doing that now. But I was so embarrassed. <laughs> it's quite funny. It was the trumpet. The trumpet. <laughs> Pick it back up, girl, get on that trumpet. (laughs) It was like, I was in a brass band. And when I was at primary school, I started playing. And it was me and two other girls in my class. Mm. And I loved it. And I thought it was so fun. And I thought it was really cool. And then when I went to secondary school, I was the only girl and I used to dread. Honestly, I used to feel sick before and I just didn't want to go and I put it off and that's why I quit. Really? Because I just felt so embarrassed and self-conscious and um, I mean, obviously a lot of that stuff is those kind of teenage feelings anyway. Um, But yeah, I just think it's so good that this stuff is happening now so that people can feel like they're allowed to be part of it because just that stark difference between me being at primary school and the difference I felt around it at being at secondary school is so kind of tangible. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask like from your perspective, obviously we know about the kind of, the lack of diversity and gender diversity as a whole in the music industry. But why do you think specifically kind of dance and le- electronic music is one of the worst for it?
0: This is a very good question. I'm actually working on a report, yeah. Um. So we've we're basically set up um the jaguar foundation which we're we'll going yeah we're going to properly launch alongside this report in April and yeah the jaguar foundation is going to be a space for more initiatives like the future 1000 and you know I want to be you know I want to be doing like dj workshops for for people and you know I want to do like charity things and I, I, I've got big plans mm-hmm. for this this is one of my many big plans but yeah working on <laughs> a gender um equality report so we're going through the official charts, Beatport, Spotify, like scanning all this data and getting the data for male, female, non-binary artists in electronic music. And we're doing interviews with female and non-binary industry people as well from their experiences, you know, and we're gonna put this report together, which is gonna give us some data and findings and, you know, about actually how many, you know, what, what the actual like, Stats are, which is really exciting. Um, so that should be able to give an indication of as to why. I mean, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's a it's a big question. I honestly don't know. I think I think sexism kind of just plays into it. I think that's kind of the reason for a lot of mm. things. And what what stresses me out is like I touched on this on my podcast Utopia Talks last year. We did an episode on on vocalists, and we had um, Becky Hill. Um, Angie Brown, who's like an amazing vocalist, who's worked on a lot of house records, mm. and Rowetta as well, who's like prolific in dance music, and um, kind of asked that question, and it's weird because, especially like in the like noughties and '90s, you'd have like a, a track that was written by often a female vocalist and songwriter and sang, but often the producers, the one who gets the credit, mm. and often the female vocalist is just not even on, sometimes they're not, it's not even a feature, it's like not even there, and they're not even acknowledged, mm. and sometimes not even paid. That stresses me out, because it's, it's, it is it's changing now actually, I'm seeing a lot more collaborations at being like, this artist times this artist, and yeah, you know, it feels, yeah, yeah. And but it's, it's still a long way to go, and I think it is all changing now, I think like, like again, the younger generation is, thank god we're here like we're trying to like (laughs) change this world for the better before we all crash and burn but yeah um and yeah you've got like your big artists like your Calvin Harris's and your David Guetta's and I don't know I guess like sexism just favors you know obviously favors men and like in terms of you know there's not many women producers out there the stat is like four percent it's really low so again like if there's the male producers who are the ones getting the credit and getting the fame, like I guess if there's not many women producers of electronic music or any music, the men are gonna be more prominent. And if that's all you see, you're gonna have more boys DJing it because you can't be what you can't see. So that's the whole point of the Future 1000 as well, right? And the whole point of this podcast and
1: what we do. Part of me wonders, because you know how some areas in life are kind of stereotyped as male, areas like um tech yeah. stuff like coding yeah. that's why they're trying to get women into coding and things like that and I wonder if the sort of more technical part of it is what's people or feel like is a more mm. male area. A bit like Possibly. a bit like maths at school. Mm. The amount of times I hear my female friends say, Oh I'm rubbish at maths. Mm. They're not they're not rubbish at maths. In some previous work that I was doing, I was like I had a meeting with this mathematician who's doing loads of research into women and maths yeah. That's cool. and how they've got such a complex that they're not good at maths when actually they have the exact same mm. ability as everybody else um and apparently it's like uh, often mothers say I can't do maths really because of like the patriarchal system in which women are made to feel inadequate mm. in that sense and it, so it's like inst- this instilled belief that we can't do maths maybe we can't do techy mm. stuff i'm just wondering if perhaps that's something that fed into it maybe i don't know yeah but, um, very possibly that's interesting
0: very possibly like that's that's really interesting that like mothers can say that and in... yeah that, i yeah mm. i mean i i'm one to quickly say i'm terrible at maths yes so do i i, I. Actually... <laughs> I say that <laughs> <laughs> i you know what no you know what i hate maths that's actually what it is detest mm. numbers yeah, i like it. words and i like people English lit, great, give me a book, give me a film, give me some numbers, and that is is trouble. Am I part of the problem? I'm part of the problem, aren't I? I'm in the system.
1: (laughs) What song did you pick for the future and why did you choose this one? Yes, the
0: future. So, obviously I'm all about up and coming UK producers. Um, really excited about this artist. Um, I'm talking about Nia Archives. She's like a hot new name coming through in jungle. Jungle, obviously, having a real revival moment yeah. and like hardcore and faster sounds like coming through in the underground and in the mainstream, which is really interesting. Like to hear like pop tracks and people like Pink Panthers and Perry and Tommy and doing. Mm. Um and a lot of other artists now like making like full on jungle tracks. Mm. Um, which I didn't expect to hear like in the mainstream as much. Um, I think after like the explosion of Sherelle's Boiler Room and like breaks, Breakbeat was coming back in as well over the last few years and yeah, it's really interesting that that jungle's like back in a big way. And um yeah, Nia Archives I'm just a big fan of. Um started playing on her radio my radio show last year and I think she's originally from Leeds and she's just I met her in person for the first time last week she did a mix mag lab which was so sick and she was there like mixing seamlessly like with such ease and grace whilst like dancing around she sings live as well because she's a vocalist as well and songwriter singing like perfectly in pitch like jumping up and down (laughs) this was like 160 bpm is like so fast as well I thought it's like really intricate mixing and just with such ease i think she's like 20 years old um she is definitely the future she's someone i'm really excited about she deserves the world like she's she's smashing it and she works hard and i think she's just enjoying the journey and she won an enemy award didn't she last night as best producer yeah. she beat fred again which is mad and I know. Great, <laughs> really great.
1: <laughs> yeah, she definitely came across so well and so genuine. Mm. Last night when she was accepting her award, she was just like, it doesn't matter who your parents are. If you want to do it, you can do it. Mm. And then she's like, jungle is massive. Yeah, yeah, I saw it, jungle is <laughs> I <love> massive. It.
0: <laughs> so great and her journey, she's got an EP coming out soon and this track 18 and over is just one of my faves. It just makes me want to just like, mosh about and jump around and it's, it's sick
1: feel like I really played into your niche here asking you that question. Like, it must be really hard to choose. It to. was hard, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm so curious, how do you do it? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because <laughs> literally, I wanna know for real, like, you're obviously you're like That's going so out funny. all the time, DJing, partying, how do you do all of that? <laughs> And also all of the productive shit in the day. Like, I am so intrigued. Was, Please tell me your secret. That's
0: my favorite <laughs> question ever. That's so good. I actually get asked that a lot. Sometimes my friends are like, are you okay? Like, are you, are you okay? Um, I think I'm, there's a few things. I'm a workaholic. I just love it. I get it from my dad. He is exactly the same. My girlfriend calls me the crack addict when I'm really in work mode. She's like, you need to stop. You are like addicted to working. Even when it's painful and it makes you cry and you know, you love it. I'm like, I fucking do. Like, it's just this industry. Like if you want it and you want to work hard and you love working hard, then it does not feel like work at all. In 2020, ironically, when a lot of people were like, well, obviously it was hard for a lot of people, but some people were, were jobless or furloughed. I was working the hardest I've ever worked in my life, probably like up at seven. I was too straight on my laptop, Mm. working, working, working till easily seven, eight p.m. the same day, just on calls, brainstorming, radio shows, podcast, Mm. just doing it all because we could. It was like a new way of working, wasn't it? It was like a workaholic stream in a way.
1: <laughs> well, it was, because also it felt like a lot of my time gets taken up as I assume yours is as going out and having yeah. fun and yeah. doing all this stuff. So when that was removed, it was like, okay, well, there's all this time yeah. now. What 100%. am I going to do with it? Yeah.
0: So that that was an interesting time. and I think I've like reaped the benefits from really getting my head down and, and just being poised and ready and going for it. Um, And then also... Um, yeah, obviously I do like to go out and stuff, but I'm not. I, I I'm not the party animal jaguar that I once described to you <laughs> earlier on in the podcast. Like, I mean, these days I love being in bed by like no, like half nine, <laughs> half nine ten, <laughs> reading my book. <laughs> no screens, no noise. It's my dream. I like yeah. It's harder now though. Dance radio host everyone. (laughs) Yeah, I've got my bonnet on, blanket on, (laughs) (laughs) drinking a herbal tea, reading my book. It's harder now though at the moment though, because it's there's so much going on and like I I'm trying to like get back out there and get out of like granny mode and into like out and about mode. But um but a big one Mm. for me actually that I've kind of discovered last year is like not drinking. Um like I try I think when things pick up as well, like I started DJing sober like from like August last year because I had like oh, wow. five gigs one weekend. I was like, I can't, it was bank Too holiday much. weekend. Five gigs, we had to drive from like Lincoln, we did, Cre- we did Lost Village, Creamfields, Yam in Clapham in London, field day, and then the field day after party that later that night. So that was across like two days, five gigs, which was mental. I was like, mm. I'm not drinking, had the best time, Like DJing sober for me is actually, I love it. Like the endorphins it gives me is such a high. I'm better technically because I'm not drunk. Mm.
1: (laughs) Well, it's so interesting though, because drink is so twisted and entwined in this culture. Yeah. Yeah. However, if you're a perfectionist, by the sounds of it you are, (laughs) you have to be on top form. So if you're trying to drink and also have fun and also be on top form on your work game, Mm. It's so hard. It is hard and you know, everyone's different and like,
0: I still like, might ha- I might have a drink, like the lot too fair, the last two gigs, I've just got so excited, I've definitely been drinking. But when things are picking up again, like being, you know, when I, when I say I don't drink, like, I'm not gonna have anything before, during or after. Like even if I'm staying out, I've been DJing, like I'm just not gonna drink. Cause it's like a work mm-hmm. night and I actually don't wanna wake up hungover. I actually, what I've started doing is if, if I'm staying somewhere else, like, I have to stay in a hotel. If it's got a gym, I will go to the gym on the Sunday morning, use that cross wow. trainer, do some stretches. And You're um, my hero. I've <laughs> <laughs> I mean we'll see how I'll we'll see how it goes this summer. <laughs> this summer's gonna be But you know, like that that is how I do it because I got into a really good routine kind of end of last year where DJing was back and I wasn't drinking. I was getting an, you know, enough sleep, but I was able to like exercise and clear my mind and use that sunday as a bit of like a you know like a self-care day and like i'm Mm. not hungover i'm like hey, i'll exercise i'll start you know i'll eat well you know that really does help then come monday because i have to like i'm not just a dj like i'm not not belittling what djs do but like because i do so many different things i've got like a whole team i'm running so many different projects alongside preparing for radio shows and DJ sets every week. Like Monday morning is like, (laughs) there's shit to do on Monday morning. I Mm -hmm. can't be wrecked from the weekend before. I need to be on it and I need to be on it all week. And in the week I try and get like my eight hours and try not to drink. Um, And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll pick and choose when I'm gonna have like a, a night out and stuff. And yeah, doing it sober is actually really fun. And like, it's not actually that hard. I don't feel, I don't feel, I don't feel weird being in a club sober, whereas some people might associate being, you know, having a, a drink in their hand in a club. And mm. but actually, I would say to anyone out there, I know it is hard, and I've had a lot of conversations with DJs. I actually kind of was inspired to do this. Um, I had a po- I had an episode of my podcast about sobriety with Fat Tony, mm. who's like it was a big DJ, or is still a big deal DJ, but in the '80s, '90s, like like he he does loads of like he doesn't like a ministry called Ministry of Pride, but he's he, you know, DJs with like Boy George and like Kate Moss is one of his but he's like one of the he's he's a great he's an old school, mm-hmm. like amazing guy. He's been sober for 15 years because he got really wow. into drugs and alcohol. He's got a book mm-hmm. coming out which is all about it. And he came on and Harvey from Prosper was is sober as well. He came on and Tamanti, who's a, another DJ in, in London. And hearing their sober experiences was really, really inspiring and impactful. And it kind of got me thinking, like, oh, maybe I could do that. And and I can. Mm. I've been doing it the last like few months, taking it seriously. And for me, if I'm taking it seriously, like, I'm not going to be wasted behind the decks because yeah. it's not even like that set might be a bit of a spiky one. But it's like I can't do that because there's not going to be no longevity like I can't I won't be able to do all these things if I'm hungover, or drinking all yeah. the time so that's the plan is to stay like focused <laughs> pick my moments when I'm gonna have a whole bottle of wine and be silly yeah and um yeah but I just love it I just I just love it I think I'm just fueled by passion the music ec- excitement and adventure and the music the music is great it just yeah keeps on this coming this is the
1: thing what you're saying you're like I still had so much fun and I think that speaks volumes about your the love of what you're doing. Mm. And I think it's easy to get them twisted and think, oh, I won't be able to have fun if I'm not having a drink. But actually, if the music is good enough, you're gonna have fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, if, if you wanna drink, yeah. good for you. But sometimes yeah. I would encourage people to try it like whether you're mm. DJing or, or going to a club. Because you can still you can still do it and you can still have fun. You just will feel better mm-hmm. the next day. <laughs> a lot better.
1: I have this a lot because I I'm going to gigs a lot, yeah. like almost three or four times a week at the moment. And I'm now starting to think, you know, I, I really need to start separating mm. the fact that you can go to a gig without having a drink yeah. because it's not sustainable, as you said, to do that so much. Mm. And it be part of your job. I tend to go through phases where I'll like work loads and not really go out, mm. and then I'll go out loads and not be as productive. Yeah, because <laughs> when I've tried to do when I've tried to do both, I would do what my parents call burning the candle at both oh, ends. Oh yeah, I've heard that one before, <laughs> and they're just like burn out <laughs> so bad, yeah. like it just doesn't work. It yeah. doesn't work. I mean, some people do it. Mm. I don't know how, but um, yeah, some people are animals. Like they're just
0: made of something yeah. strong.
1: <laughs> I guess you've just got to find what works for you. But yes. like for me to do to do every angle of it it's just my mental health just suffers majorly. yeah it's so
0: true and like if you're out all the time and not having much sleep Mm -hmm. and busy and it really can add up and you know there's, there's some like I won't name names but some DJs and some musicians and industry people that I see and I'm like I don't want to be like that like I don't want to be yeah dependent on alcohol when I'm in my 40s you know like it's sad mm. and it's not right and it doesn't have to be that way at all like we're not yeah. doing this because we want to get wrecked we're doing this because we love the music you know that that is what it's about
1: well just before we wrap because apparently i could talk to you all i know years. we're really going for it good luck with the edit <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> but um i wanted to ask obviously for anyone listening who is thinking about doing what you're doing, or also thinking about sending, uploading a track to Mm. the uploader on BBC Introducing. Is there any kind of, I guess, key thoughts on that or major things that you'd be looking for?
0: Um, I'll start with the track stuff. So yeah, anyone who's uploading, you know, if you make any type of music and you're based in the UK or from the UK, like definitely upload your music to Introducing. It's, it's, I think, the best tool for new artists out there. Obviously I'm a bit biased, but it's the (laughs) truth. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's so easy. Just upload, upload something you know that's finished, that you're happy with, that is your best work. I think you can upload two tracks a month, and don't over upload. Like, don't. Some producers like just bang out the tunes and they'll upload every month. There's new tracks coming in, and I'm like, that's a bit. It's, it's a lot. Like, I'm not gonna play the same artist like that many times in mm-hmm. the same month. You know what I mean? And they just have to be good tunes. So just like select your best bits, maybe make a bit of like a release plan. If you've got like a few in the bank, you know, a few good ones be like, okay, maybe I'll release one every six weeks or whatever, you know, just, t- just think about it. Um, and what I'm looking for in a track is just something, I don't know, so I play so many different genres and I wanna keep it that way, you know, whether it's techno or a garage edit or some, some jungle or some house or disco, whatever it is, I, I just want to be pleasantly surprised. That's what I want because there's so we have to go through so much music and it's, it's like sometimes it's I'm like wow I need to find some gems. Come on, where are they? Where are they? Mm. But when you get them, it's like there's some really great stuff on there. And you know if if you if a track doesn't get played the first time, you know like c- consistency is really good for the uploader because I know artists who because you want you know your tracks to get better and better the more you upload you know that's it's kind mm. of it's really cool because you can see an artist's journey you can see if they've been uploading since 2019 and who's played them and who's listened and it's it's really cool and mm. so some artists I've played you know they've been uploading for years and now they're making their best stuff and now I'm playing them on Radio 1 because they've been consistent and yeah. they've kept going so just be patient work hard get your head down upload your best stuff i would say anyone who wants to get into the vast things that I do <laughs> is just follow your passion. You know, if you love it, go for it. That is gonna be the thing that fuels you every day as, as we've been saying. Don't be afraid to ask questions and reach out to people now after like lockdown and with social media, it is so much, it's so easy to reach out to people. People are like super responsive Um, and you know, the worst thing that'll happen if you reach out to someone and say hey is like they won't reply reply i'm like you know not the end of the world it's fine um you know if you want to like you know shadow someone's radio show and try and get in there or if you're a fan of a podcast or a label like just reach out and start talking and just build relationships because i think this is all about relationships as well which again is why i love what i do because i'm building new relationships with people every single day who i'm playing on the radio like me and you are building a relationship right now by having this chat and It's really important and and as I said before, like back yourself, you have to be your number one fan, you have to believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. I know it can be hard sometimes and different circumstances can maybe, you can be a bit doubtful of course, but like just Mm -hmm. try and overcome that and like if you truly have that belief that's gonna keep you going, it's gonna happen at some point because the longer you hold on and believe in yourself, like other people will fall away because they might, be like, oh, I can't do it, or oh, I don't really want to do it anyway, or they might be deterred. But otherwise, but you can achieve your dreams. It's gonna take a lot of hard work. You know, timing isn't is unfortunately not something you're gonna be. That's gonna be in your hands that you can't predict when things when things will happen. But I really believe if you want to make it happen and you work hard and you're nice and you're authentically yourself, yeah, it will happen. It takes time. But it will happen.
1: I think we need to put you over some music, like a Baz Luhrmann Always Wear Sunscreen track and just, oh I'm going to keep playing that.
0: <laughs> oh, I would love that. I would love that.
1: I think we, need, we need like the Jaguar <laughs> inspirational song. Oh, God. <laughs> but I end every podcast by asking if you could change one thing about the future, could be anything, um, oh what would it be?
0: I think we are changing the future. Every day we are changing mm-hmm. The future making it a better place that's that's my personal purpose you know and i i've I feel really optimistic about the future because of like our generation coming through you know not just in music but in the world, like you know young people caring about the environment and if you know all, all these amazing things like because we, we are the future of the world, like it's not a joke like this this is mm. this is our world, and we need to like reclaim it as young people um. So yeah I just I really want, hope that the things we're doing now we're going to be seeing an impact in years to come and and not and not the too far distant future I feel like change is really mm. is happening now I'm seeing it on imminent lineups yeah. I'm seeing it on the type of artists that are being that are doing well and and smashing it. it is like there's been a lot of cultural shifts over the last recent years and I think we're getting somewhere and I'm really excited about it.
1: I completely agree because even, even in the two years since starting Vocal Girls, so much has mm, changed. Yeah, I like, So many good things are happening. And that's why it's so nice to have such a positive conversation mm. about this because I think sometimes when when people talk about like the, the lack of diversity generally in the music industry, people can get all defensive mm. and they're like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. But actually, it's it's about awareness and then action and it's positive because things are happening and things are changing so i feel as excited as you do about where things are going because i think things are really happening and yeah it's just nice to be kind of small part of it i suppose agreed it goes a long way well thank you so much daguerre for your time i have had so much fun talking to you oh
0: me too i we've we've really (laughs) gone everywhere i I feel like we've done it all (laughs) (laughs) no thank you but i've really loved this i'm really glad we could make it work and yeah i'm really i'm really delighted that you asked me so thank you
1: thank you so much to jaguar for chatting to me it was so interesting to hear about her story and i just love how she's using her position to support marginalized artists it's so important as i mentioned she's recently announced her uk tour of her night utopia which kicks off in London this Friday and all proceeds of the London show will be going to support the humanitarian efforts in Ukraine. So if you're around, definitely grab a ticket to that. This was the last episode of this series of the Vocal Girls podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It's been such a joy to chat to some of the most incredible artists and individuals within the music industry. And having these conversations really does make me feel so inspired and these guests are kind of living proof that you really can make things happen if you want them enough so I hope that you've enjoyed the conversations as much as I have and hopefully you've also got some great new song recommendations to add to your playlist you can find all the guests song choices in the show notes for each episode so definitely check those out finally as always please do subscribe to the podcast which means you'll be notified if we do another series which will hopefully be coming very very soon and if you enjoyed any of the episodes then please do give them a share it really does help i'll be back very soon and in the meantime you can find more content from us on vocal girls club on instagram and twitter and vocalgirls.com online i've been your host megan gray this is the vocal girls podcast thank you so much for listening and i'll see you soon